0: Please listen carefully.
1: And welcome back to the Out of Focus Target Podcast. This is your host, Smiley. Today with me is Shy um, and uh, no van today. So we are going to be talking about, in this special edition uh, of Out of Focus, we're going to be doing uh, some discussion on the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson and some of the related um, Cosmere books that that is a part of. Um, just we're gonna. I'll probably say it a couple times, but right off the block here, we've got we're gonna be talking deep spoilers on basically anything Stormlight related, uh, Mistborn, Final Empire trilogy related, and Warbreaker related. Um, those three sets of books um, we're gonna are the ones that Shy's read, so we we are primarily going to be talking about stormlight three and four. But we may get into some other stuff based on, on things we know what we will avoid is um, the Mistborn second generation, starting with alloy and law, alloy of law and beyond. We won't be getting into anything on that. Won't be getting into anything on Elantris or uh, the Arcanum Unbounded or the Mistborn secret history um, with the exception of edge dancer which was part of Arcanum Unbounded, but also was released separately um, as part of Stormlight. So just in case you're wondering, you know, what's, I mean, the Cosmere is vast already. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes it can be hard to know what's, you know, I don't want to spoil something. If if you haven't read the Mistborn original trilogy, if you haven't read Warbreaker, if you're not caught up on Stormlight Archive, please go ahead and catch up on that and then come back to this podcast. later. And
0: And if we can say something, I think it's worth mentioning as far as like, because I've had things spoiled before, personally, where I've been like, ah, you know, that's probably not that important. Like, if you haven't read Warbreaker and you're listening to this and you're like, ah, I don't know if I'll ever read Warbreaker. It's probably not that important. Um, I mean, no. <laughs> Warbreaker is super important. Um, It is definitely worth reading that. You don't want to have Warbreaker spoiled for you. So, yeah.
1: yeah. And I think we we, we did a out-of-focus pod on Warbreaker specifically. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Already, so if you if you miss that one Mm. and you want a little bit more in depth on Warbreaker, yeah, definitely go back and check that one out. It's on our YouTube page, um, for Focus Target Podcast. So, with that out of the way, Shy, how's it going?
0: It's going all right. I like your uh t shirt. Looking looking, oh, thanks. My wife got this for me.
1: N64, you know, I I like N64. I never had one for a long time. You know, I got a PlayStation because back then I was still a kid. I could only afford one console. Like I got it from my parents, and I wanted PlayStation because that's where the Final Fantasy series was going. And so I didn't get a, an, an N64 until much, much later. Um, but it did have some great games.
0: Yeah, most certainly. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. Yeah, can't complain. Uh, I've got uh, got a lot going on, but uh, and it's summertime, so... Not summer, it's springtime, so... Uh, you know as a homeowner there is much to do uh, on the grounds yeah. being a groundskeeper so it's been a it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a bit of a long day um I was off from work today but that didn't mean I didn't work so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, I'm doing good and uh, so you just basically got caught up on the stormlight archive you yes. you had <laughs> reread them from the beginning yep. um, took a little break did some Misborn in there but have recently gone through... Edge Dancer book three.
0: um Well, no, Don, recent like Don, most recent Don was Shard. Don Shard and book four. It was it was after, right. oh, it was after Oathbringer that I took the break. Okay, and so then, you anyway. went
1: one through three, took a break, then yeah. came back and finished. Yeah, I got
0: it. So, what? So let, let's start there. What did you think about book four? It was your first time reading through. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was. I don't know. I, uh, I don't. Oh man, it's. It was a hard book to read, honestly. It brought me back a really? lot, a lot of cases to Way of Kings, just as far as like kind of mood and setting and kind of like how he was like, especially like I think of like the Caledon the arc, parts. Like yeah. it reminded me a lot of that, and it like and honestly, I was I was worried. I don't. I still haven't like. We've talked a little bit about this before, I think, but you know, we both read at least portion of Game of Thrones. Um, you may have read further than me. I think I read the first three or four I've, books of that.
1: I've um, read, I've read all of the Game of Thrones books. Right, I haven't, I didn't cool. watch the, the show after. Is
0: maybe so you, so you it finished up. it? All right, I, I what, only what, got what, through what? like Feast for Crows, I, I think which was like the third book but or something. I think
1: there's no, um, no feast for crows is book four. I think there's only one after that. Was it dance for dragons?
0: On, was that the last one? Yeah.
1: I think that's the last one he released oh. like 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, he hasn't written anything else. All right. so.
0: <laughs> Apparently like I got, I was done before like that came out or maybe I never read feast for crows. Maybe I was going to, mm-hmm. um, but like, I think we've talked in the past. I I've liked Sanderson's books because I feel like, I feel like he's less pessimistic than George R.R. Martin. And I feel like one of the things that I hated the most about George R.R. Martin and Game of Thrones, the first book even like I'm reading, was, um, you know, Ned Stark, I think, was the dad. The Stark father, like he was, like the one character I liked at all in the first book. So, yeah, this. So maybe is some, we get some spoilers yeah, there's maybe some spoilers Game for Thrones Game of, of Thrones too here. So, all right, quick spoiler note: if you haven't read Game of Thrones or watched the show and you and you're, you really care about that, it's. I feel like we're nearing disclaimer territory on that first season and first yeah, book of Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah, statute of limitations. Um, statute of limitations. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that he killed him off, and and I felt like he was making a statement by killing him off. I think it was like uh, this is like a guy who has, lives by ideals, um, in a world where you can't do that, and so you know he dies. Absolutely, I agree um, with that. And I feel like one thing I like about The Way of Kings is it it, it 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 takes these kind of ideals and actually romanticizes them, like like I want in a fantasy series. I don't know, like. I could go watch, you know, like, a noir film or, like, you know, read, like, a really dark series of graphic novels like Batman, you know, or something like that if I wanted, like, some, like, really gritty, like, you know, I don't know, like, evil winds storyline, I think I like, the thing I like about Stormlight Archives is I like the fact that, like, there's these, like, redemptive cycles, there's this, like, I don't know, like, there's, like, this this idea that, like, taking the just or right path or a path of integrity has, is is rewarding. And maybe not all the time. Like I think and that's one of the hardest things about The Way of Kings, the first book was like you have a guy, Man Calden, who's like acted in an honorable way his whole life, has cared for people, and he's been beaten down for. It. And you've seen how it's kind of torn him up. And like, I guess all of that being said, <laughs> coming back to the I keep wondering if like he's gonna do something like just like like just <sighs> throw you for a loop, you know, like throw a major curveball. And like, you know, like I think, and I don't know, like I kept thinking throughout Rhythm of War, um, you know, we still like there, we knew kind of going into the book that Dalinar had made this deal with Odium, that there'd be a contest of champions. And, and I don't, I don't really have a good idea of what that is. I think I'd mention offhand to you and you might have a better idea because you've read um some extended materials, but I made offhand to you that I was kind of concerned that Adeline might end up being, odium's champion just because like he killed Sadius, he's kind of got this like thing now like he's got maybe some like as the black widow would say red in his ledger um and uh but like as rhythm wars going on i'm like man like kaladin is just tormented you know like what's happening like he just he just can't pull it together um and i was like really getting nervous but as that book was going on like is sanderson gonna like Turn like basically is Kaladin gonna go the way of Moash? Basically, you know, is he gonna just and that was definitely a theme he was building on, right? You had Moash trying to convert Kaladin and having conversations with Odium about it and basically baiting Kaladin at the very end of the book. Specifically, oh man, it just it was hard to read at parts. Um And I think partly sometimes that's good. I'm sorry, I know I'm, ra- I'm gonna I'm gonna come to a close here in a minute, but like you know, I think you always. I love that line from Darkest Night. I'm pulling all these other movie and show references. But you know, like when uh um you know, when Two Face says to um Batman Batman in a restaurant, and it's not Batman, but uh um which Wayne says, you know, the night is always darkest before the dawn. And so I think, oh. you know, sometimes in books and I, yeah, I'm not not the other thing. Well no, and was that maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking wrong. Was that is that actually that might have been someone else who said the night is always darkest. Was that uh, – that was Alfred, wasn't it? I think I'm misquoting that quote. Yeah, um, thing, yeah you're thinking of I was where, thinking where he, the enemy, heads, yeah, the villain. You, <laughs> you either, you either
1: <laughs> die a hero or live long enough to see yeah, yourself. Yeah, I wasn't going villain.
0: that way though. I was going the night is always yeah. darkest for the dawn because I feel like you need – sometimes you need that darkness to make the light that much more welcoming or that or that good. You know, like if you don't – light wouldn't be good if there was no darkness. Um, it's funny,
1: it's funny mm-hmm. though that you kind of conflated those two – quotes, because like, to your point, I think as you were reading your word, it could have gone the other way, right? It could like, you kind of saw it building up, like, Mm -hmm. was Kallen going to become the fallen hero, the hero who lived long enough to become a villain, right? Like, um, we didn't know, we didn't know which way it was going to go. And I agree with you. I I felt like it was, it was, uh, there was definitely some, some concern. Mm -hmm. Like he certainly built it up to be like, oh my gosh, like, is this where it finally happens? I think, too, I I never really considered that, but I, I really do think that there was an opportunity there. There was a real parallel between Ned Stark and Dalinar in the first mm-hmm. book in Way of Kings, where you thought that maybe, you know, he obviously gets betrayed by Sadeus, and it looks like, you know, I thought he was toast there. Like, I really, as I was reading that the first time, I was really very sure he was going to die by the end of the book like mm-hmm. i would have put money on it and i would have lost that money thankfully because i love dalinar and mm-hmm. I, i'm glad that he stayed around but like it just seemed very set up for him to die and like have that kind of viewpoint shift to his sons mm-hmm. like in tech typically that's what happens right like i mean and maybe i was prepped for that with game of thrones because that's exactly what happens there right like the the patriarch father is killed and then it kind of shifts to okay well like now how do his sons and, and daughters go yeah. forth and, and, and react to that death and, and kind of make their own way you know like they say the hero's journey you, you always have to the hero has to come into his own you can't have Gandalf over your shoulder the whole time uh, you know and that's why that's such a trope for like a powerful character to to be killed at some point so I did I did like that he fooled me on that um, which, 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 you know, he's Sanderson does a good job, I think, of keeping me guessing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm the type of person, some people, like my wife, for example, she doesn't like to try to figure out what's going to happen in advance. She likes to just read it and, like, take it as it comes and enjoy it as she's reading it, which I think is a, a perfectly fair viewpoint. But I'm the kind of person who likes to try to figure out as I'm reading. Okay, what's gonna What do I think is gonna happen? What's he mm-hmm. What's he trying to do? Is he trying to trick me? Like, what's really gonna go on here? And um, I, I've not been very good at predicting Sanderson's outcomes, which I think is a mark of a good, uh, you know, a good, a good author to keep you guessing.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you would agree with this, but like, I I like movies with twists. I like movies yep. like we've talked about, like um, Christopher, Christopher Nolan films. Like, I enjoy that. Yep. But I will. This is what I will say. If I get in, invested enough in a series or a... You know, like... There there are some twists I don't want to happen at a certain of point. Course. So, like... I remember, like... I never got super into The Walking Dead, but I got several seasons in. But I know at some point, they start killing off, like, main characters. Mm-hmm. Like, seasons in. And, like, I think that was really troubling for the audience. Because, like that show was all about killing off characters, but it wasn't, you had like your core characters and all of a sudden the direct, the, the production team started killing those off. And like, that's where I was just, you know, like I'm okay with twists. I'm okay with that. But like, like Caledon, like at this point, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the next book, but, and I think it, maybe it's worth even just saying right now, like, cause he mentioned this at the beginning of the book and you and I have both talked about this, but basically he mentions his plans for the stormwater archives. The fact that the next book is going to be the last book of this arc. And he's planning another arc of five books
1: yeah with a time yeah. a time gap in between yeah where a number of the characters like not i my understanding and i don't know we don't know if it's because we don't know the exact details right but like my understanding is there's definitely characters in the current series that will be in the next oh, series all right that's good so to i know. don't believe right. it's like a 500 year time jump gotcha. unless there's some kind of way that these characters can persist but like my, my understanding is that like well, I guess I don't want to say what what he you know because that is a little bit future spoiler territory about yeah. who who yeah. will essentially be there. Like he yeah. he's named a certain number of characters that he says, you know, this character and this character I have plans for them. I think right. I mean maybe one of them we can talk about is Lift, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz he says that mm-hmm. in Edge Dancer specifically <laughs> that like he had a lot of plans for Lift in the second arc. Gotcha. And but and so like by the time you get to the second arc though she's fully mature she's you know a lot more advanced in what she can do, and so he wanted to to he specifically wrote Edge Dancer, because he wanted to show like how she kind of got started like where uh, she came from early before we're introduced to her much later on in a in a
0: more key role. Interesting, like because because you know they don't she's never really fully explained. What the deal no, she not made all with, of her with secrets, uh, right? Yeah, well there <laughs> yeah. you go. But it's, and and maybe it's a mistake. But you know she acts as if she doesn't fully remember. There was that scene. I think it was. I forget if it was. I think it was Rhythm of War. But I forget who was she talking to. Was starting in Nav- Navani? But like someone's grilling her about what she said to. Uh, to was it, is it cultivation i always i'm always worried that i'm getting these were the, the, the terms the between night but it wasn't night watcher right because it was because the, la- the 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 um cultivation showed up it was remember there were the three individuals it was dalinar wow. her and then it was teravengian it was all went to see the night watcher but the reason they actually got boons was because cultivation showed up in addition see i didn't they, and they, maybe they talk I'll about to, that in rhythm of war um i'll have to look that i know obviously <laughs> that's definitely what happened with dalinar and, and uh, But at some point, they make that comment about all three. Because, like, I think the idea is that oh, Watcher okay. is kind of a sham, actually. And, like, that's why, like, everybody's I always see. like, what did you... You know, it's kind of like, it is superstitious. But in their three cases, these people that we've seen a difference, it's because Cultivation Revealed came and, like... Because that's when... Ter- I don't know, jumping all over the place, like, when terravangian takes the shard and he starts talking to Cultivation directly. And he's like, did you know this would happen? And, you Wait. know, like... um, and I think that I'm pretty sure I, I didn't mark that down, but I'm pretty sure that was mentioned in the book was like that. So lift was in the same situation where like cultivation came to her directly, but like she said, something like she couldn't remember what she'd asked for, but it was, the idea was that she would never change or something. Yes. So I wonder if that's Correct. how you would explain, like if there was even a massive time gap, time gap that like, maybe she just changes really slowly or. I
1: don't know. Yeah, certainly, certainly possible. <clears throat> um. Hmm yeah and i mean there's other there's other characters too that he's <clears throat> talked about that i will not go into go but right. in case people haven't delved into some of that but yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see i think maybe it might be fun to do some some guesses for what we think mm-hmm. will happen in book five or you know what maybe uh, some man. some early prognostication because i think i i have some ideas on where i think it's going to go um
0: i have a question for you how long do you think yeah. the fifth book's going to cover like how long of a time span I have a theory, but I, and I don't think it's realistic theory. But I have a, a wondering.
1: I didn't, I didn't think about it too much. Uh, I mean, I figure since there's a time gap in between, that like maybe we'll get a hint of some of the advanced stuff. But I didn't expect it. To, I mean, the the contest is set for what, like ten days? Ten or days. Something ridiculous. So that's my theory: so,
0: is that the fifth book is going to be like a ten day span, basically. The fifth which book, which is weird be... too. Yeah. Because
1: aren't I mean, I think we know that it's set up for Kaladin and Sazeth to go to um
0: Yeah, that's a good point. They're
1: gonna go with, try to find Shinovar. Um,
0: and so like oh, I they, mean I know Kaladin going with Seth to Shinovar? Was that how yes. it? and
1: then that's someone is
0: to. someone taking is that because they think that Ishar went back there, or was someone taking Dalinar to go like try to hunt down
1: that I don't recall. I I'll have to read it again, obviously, before the next yeah, one comes same. out. Um, but <laughs> mm. like I wondered about that. I was like, man, it seems like a tight time. But scale. I mean, they yeah. But I mean, they move fast. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and, you
0: and think they have like portals yeah. now
1: too that they could get back much quicker.
0: You think of like Oathbringer and that whole set sequence in uh, Colinar, and like it's such a large chunk of the book, but that was like a week. Probably, yeah, right? I mean like long, yeah. yeah. So he can definitely pad out he can really put a lot of stuff into a short time span. I just it was yeah. interesting, yeah. No. I think you're I, I I tend to agree with you. I think like the
1: primary bulk of the book will be it'll be will be funny to see, right? Like yeah. maybe it will be like uh the full ten days um will be like kind of the whole book and then maybe there's like an epilogue and I could totally see that happening. I could also see him kind of flipping you around because that's kind of I think the I think that's the prevailing theory. And we're we're getting into Marvel Endgame spoilers here, so if you haven't seen Endgame, (laughs) don't see that, please. But um, you know maybe they're going to kind of flip it around like they did in Endgame, where they go and fight Thanos like right at the beginning, and that that you know that kind of. You know, you saw all the trailers of them going, and a lot of people thought that that was kind of like late movie scenes, and it was like thirty minutes in. Yeah. And then the rest of it was actually a lot different than people expected. Like the so.
0: aftershocks, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, because my do you, do we want to talk about what we think is going to happen?
0: We can. I don't know that I've put a lot. I've been hearing what you have to think, and I can comment on it. I don't know that I've I've put a lot of thought into what I, I think is
1: going to happen. Honestly, I the the big thing I think is I think it's he's really setting it up for Dalinar
0: to lose. Yeah. All right. I do agree with you there. Yeah. I do get that impression.
1: And that, and that Dalinar, because Dalinar is the kind of person who would honor his oath. Hmm. And, you know, it, it reminds me of, uh, there's a book that I actually highly recommend. It's outside the, um, outside of the Cosmere. It's not Brandon Sanderson. It's called the Lycanus trilogy. By um, let me effort it real fast because I want to give him credit. It's a it's basically he's kind of a new author who he read um, Patrick Rothfuss books and it inspired him to write his own.
0: No way, that's cool.
1: Yeah, like really, really.
0: Like was recently. he was he an author before that or just no, like no, no he's it, just a it guy just inspired he's him just, to become an author.
1: And and his James Islington. Huh. It's the first book is the Shadow of What Was Lost the second is an echo of things to come. And the third is a light of all that falls It's really good. Um, I highly recommend it. If you're, if, if you're looking for a, uh, you know, something a little different, it's if you like time travel and prophecy and fate and things like that, it, it, he's, he does an excellent job Hmm. of really like having those moments where you're just like, (laughs) Whoa, like where it all comes together and like it's very tight. It's very tightly written. Like it's clear he wrote the very beginning with the very end in mind and everything links up very nicely. So very satisfying read. But there's a guy in that where there's like a similar story where like this evil king challenges this benevolent king to three tasks. He says, you know, I have all the time in the world. I'm immortal and so are you. So I I don't care how long this takes, but I'm going to give you these three tasks that – that I think are impossible. And, um, if, if you think you can pass them, then we'll then, and you do, then I will never invade your land. I will leave you alone. But if you fail, if you, if you can't complete any of the tasks, if you fail at all three, you have to serve me.
0: Wait, are you getting into like heinous trilogy spoilers right now?
1: No, uh, no, this is pretty early on. All right. All right. Um, this it, this is a story that he reads all right, all right, that right. like is actually based on one of the characters later that you find. It's like a wit so, story, basically. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's just so, like yeah. that. It's like yeah, he yeah. basically reads this in a book, and like yeah. you realize later, like who these are applying. He's like, oh my god, this is actually like the storybook version of kind of what happened to this guy. Um, but like. I can see something like that with, with Dalinar here where like, like, I mean, as you can kind of guess, like he tries to f- complete the task and is unable to. And so he then agrees, you know, you're right. Um, you were right. You obviously know what's up. So I, I'll serve you. And he does. And then he goes on to like wage war against his own former mm-hmm. people, because that was the agreement he made. And like, it just reminds me very much of Dalinar where like, you could see him like sorrowfully, doing what must be done
0: yeah and i think yeah
1: we'll see Uh, maybe not you know that again if it seems like that's kind of the obvious setup for me then probably i'm wrong and hopefully hopefully he will you know flip it around on me in a way that's satisfying but
0: so i I agree with you i think that um what i don't so i do like i think like you know he in the agreement he specifically said like he makes it sound like dalinar would be his vassal but like as an Ambassador to other worlds. Like, I think yes. in the wording, it wasn't that he would have to kind of like fight against his own people, but more like he right. would be sent out. What I. Yes. So, this is where I'm going. And once again, this leads into like my love of like redemptive like storylines and like hopefulness. But, uh, I, I agree with you. I think they said he's setting up for Dalinar to lose. I think that's a great way to bring Dalinar into a second arc, even if there was a massive time gap, because all of a sudden Dalinar's immortal. I mean, he, Most likely, he yep. would, uh, um, and then and then I think what better way for Dalinar, who is like kind of the best of all of them, and maybe even the best tactician, to like see other worlds gain an innate knowledge of the enemy and then if there was an opening at some point, not not to break his oath, but if like maybe if if um is it he's still it's still odium, right? It's no longer race, because race was the Odium's the shard, but race was the vessel. I don't remember the name of the other part of it, but, um, if, if Odium slash Terranian were to like somehow break the oath, you know, like, and gave Dalinar the ability to, to, to step out, like how much better armed would he be Hmm. to fight back? I don't, and I don't know, like that may not be how it plays out at all. Like you said, um, Sanders doesn't play by the rules. So it'll also be interesting
1: to (laughs) see, like it's, I think it's kind of one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is like, is this going to be one of those situations where we we don't necessarily think the people we think are the good and bad guys aren't necessarily who, like you know maybe on a <laughs> local level, you know we, he kind of did that flip yeah. a little bit with the with the um, what are they called the uh, the void Ringers ending yeah. up being the the singers and it's like they they were actually. The natives there oh. and so you know obviously it's seems a little bit rare for someone like Sarenson who's such an advanced author to fall into the good just like pure good versus pure evil like it seems like most of the time he you know he, he gives you something where you can kind of see an argument for both sides a lot of times and so you wonder if that's where we're going with this it's like will in the end Will we be rooting for Dalinar as Odium's champion for a different reason? Because the people he's fighting against are actually are actually bad guys in in their own way. Um,
0: if I can make a counterpoint, be, yeah, Sure. I agree with you. I don't I don't want to like I don't want to fall into a... a, a I don't want to agree with you fully though. I don't want to say something to the extent of like a, a a flat good versus evil, light versus dark is like. Boring. I think it can be boring. I think that if that's how it ends, I'm not going to look at the storyline and be like, man, I'm let down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that that would be unsophisticated of, of Sanderson, like, to have, like, an overarching theme like that, but then have all the complexities filled in in the story. I think that, like, you have people... I think, ultimately, what we're probably calling good versus evil could be boiled down, I think... And maybe you would agree with me, maybe not, but in my mind, it's more like a Kantianism versus, like, utilitarianism. Like, you have people like Calder on one side who are, like, every every individual matters you know like i need to save everyone versus someone like tara who's like sacrifice the individual for the whole or you know for as many as possible and like so i think i feel like sanderson has been leaning towards the the can't you know the the um you know Kaladin's point of view up to this point. He's probably one of the most sympathetic individuals. I don't. It'd be hard for me to imagine a complete switch in that area. I think it has been interesting how he's been playing with, like you said, the different archetypes that he'd set up originally. So like the Voidbringer switch, but even like he's really been building on like the like how Zhanna, the Unmade, like is like not evil. Is like you know like he is yeah. he's blurring that lines along these like kind of like almost what you would normally think of like forces of good and evil, and like even these like mixed Spren and like you know Renarin, and like now uh um Shen his Shen's new name Relaine Relaine like you yeah. know these like so I think he's doing that I don't I don't know I can't say what he's going to do you may be right I'll, that would be I would be more disappointed <laughs> if he did like a massive like philosophical shift like that um but
1: well I mean we'll it's, it's just interesting to to see I mean we saw that <laughs> that like I feel like we saw that a little bit at the end of Mistborn, right? Where you kind of had like that evil power that, that they're fighting against wasn't really evil, so to speak. It was just destruction, right? Which is, you know, not what we want. Like, but like, you know, he made that point, I think to, to Vin after she ascended that like, like you can't have life without death. Like you need to make room, otherwise, you know, like there's nowhere to, like you, you know, death is a critical part of life. It's not an evil thing. It's just, you know, like it's just different. And 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 you know, he's like, you know, I'm sorry that your entire world's gonna die here, but like that's just kind of That was gonna happen eventually, one way or another. That's the the end of all things. And so, um, I wonder if it might be something where it's like, you know, there's there's another point of view. And he's he's kind of done that a little bit where he's when he's been talking to Dalinar, Odium about you know that he's like oh you know people call me hatred really i'm just passion right i'm mm-hmm. you know and and like it is kind of like a certain point of view thing but yeah. like you wonder we don't necessarily know what <laughs> what he's fighting out there like there's a lot of different groups there's a lot of different um let's say what's the word i'm looking for here um agendas we just don't know right we don't know everybody's agenda right now and so we're, we're looking at this from a very narrow viewpoint, as you said. We're looking at this from Kaladin's view, from Dalinar's view, from Jasnah's view, or um, more from uh, Shalon's view, I guess. Hmm. But, you know, like, we don't... You know, lo- a lot of times, what can be bad locally can actually be good globally, right? Like, to yeah. your point, like, from more of a utilitarian perspective, that, like, y- you know, you may be... You know, it may be something that you don't like because it impacts your hometown, but it's necessary for the survival of the country. For yeah. example, like um, I wonder—I'm not saying it will go that way, but you just wonder. Like I, I don't think it's going to be as cut as cut and dry as good versus good versus evil, and I don't—I don't think I would be disappointed. I just—I just am predicting. Like I just don't see that in in Sanderson's writing in general like usually his characters and his agendas are a little bit more nuanced than that.
0: Yeah. I think what I would say too is it will it will be interesting. I don't I I don't know. The odium odium as as he was being used by race. I think it was a lie when you said I'm not hatred, I'm just passion. Like in other areas from other perspectives you saw that all that race wanted it seemed like was just to destroy humanity. Um And that was the impression I got was that race was unhinged as well. So I think the question will be, will Taravangian with Odium take that, the force and the passion, but use it more in a calculated way. And then, you know, we'll be interested in, I mean, it's almost like it's a whole new foe now to a certain extent. So what I could, I could see like that might lead into now at some point, like you said, us rooting for him in some weird way, teamed up with Dalinaris's general, um, we just don't know odd. what the future yeah. holds and
1: what we you know we don't know who he's going to fight against. Yeah. Is he going to fight against other good guys that we'll know from other series? Yeah. Or you know like there's there's a lot going on. I think the second era of Mistborn 2 starts to get into that a little bit especially mm. towards the end. Um like I can see as he's writing these books like I can feel them kind of starting to come together. Right. You know, like they're not there yet but like you just feel like we're getting there. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about um, before we get too much further is the exchange between Wit and TerraVangia. So this was interesting because I certainly read it one way, and then I thought, saw a really interesting, uh, interesting post online, and I wanted to see what you thought. So what was your take originally? Do you...
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I don't Just like probably. it, because I want to talk about Wit. Maybe after we finish with this, we could get into a little Wit yeah. stuff. Wit is one of my favorite characters in the series. I like Wit yeah. a lot. He's another one of those characters like Kalin, where I'm like, if he died, I would like I'd be pretty, pretty pissed to be perfectly honest. And like maybe it'd be <laughs> worth it in here. Maybe there'd be payoff. But so like I wasn't a big fan of this exchange because the way I took it was that he encountered Teravengian, Teravengian took away some of his power or took away something, found a crack in his armor that maybe Race never saw, and somehow like changed him and it seemed like for the lesser like took away his memories or or some of his abilities and then and, and it huh? ends basically with like i guess just for our audience like it's this exchange in a certain order of events they have a conversation and then like it's like it's almost like a snap of the fingers and all of a sudden like wits back at the beginning or, or he's leaving again i forget exactly like he was leaving their exchange and then like Something happens to him, and all of a sudden he's like leaving their exchange again, right? Like it's almost like there was like a, a ripple in time, or or rewind. Like a yeah, rewind, yeah, like a yeah, but yeah. So I thought it was yes. That's how I took it was that he actually was was injured somehow by, Teravangian yeah. or yeah.
1: So he certainly what we mm-hmm. I think is clear is he was what happened is he was storing his memory in breath. So yes, we know that, that he was has right. breath yeah. from the Warbringer series, <clears throat> and basically teravangian realized well i can't damage him but i can take some of his breath
0: oh it's that's uh, what right, i didn't understand exactly what was happening there so he was talking about the breath yes. all right i didn't make that yes. connection and the way right. the way
1: we know that is he no like at the end of it he no longer had perfect pitch gotcha which we know that's a tier of breath oh man a pretty missed, low tier i missed apparently a lot of a, stuff here at the <laughs> And, like, it, it's interesting because, like, it shows us, like, the idea that Wit had a lot of those, like, perfect pitch, perfect color, perfect hearing, like, it makes sense from what we've seen him do, telling stories and, and making these things, like, so vivid, like, how you'd be able to do that, like, kind of explains his powers. But I, I read a really interesting post on Reddit, and I'm afraid I don't mm-hmm. have, I, I'd have to try to find it, I don't know where it is, but um, basically a guy argued that there were a couple of subtle clues that, that based on what Wit said both before and after, that it actually went exactly as Wit had planned it, not as Taravangion had planned it. That, like, Wit actually was the one who tricked Taravangion into thinking he tricked Wit.
0: Maybe he and, meant to pass something uh, on to Taravangion that's going to, like, play a role later or something? Or... Basically,
1: yeah. That, like, he... Yes. Um, and so I, I thought that was cool because I remember when I first read that chapter I was just like I think probably felt a little bit made the way you did from your reaction it was kind of devastating yeah it's like you feel like wit's kind of like the the one guy so far in the stormlight who's really like kind of plays like a Gandalf role like impervious, in perfect way kind like of. he's very powerful you know he's kind of trying to do his best he's you know out there you know and you just feel like he's kind of the one who you can count on to like a lot of times show up and either save the day or, or, give the advice you need or whatever. And seeing him take a blow like that, take an L like really, I think it was cleverly done regardless of how, yeah. how it works. Cause it really establishes Terra Vangion as Odium as a much bigger threat. Right. Yeah. Like to see him do something like that makes you go, Whoa, like this is somebody we, this guy is serious now. Like this is not, you know, and
0: and at the end of the does, book, that wasn't the last thing in the book. Basically, like that was like it's a the, horrible the cliffhanger. Yes. It's a horrible it was. cliffhanger from the start.
1: Because you saw him, and I don't, I don't remember if somebody else said this or if it was actually said in the text. But like he's kind of like raises odium really, kind of took a number of L's. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. he was not like Deldar was kicking his ass basically yeah. through. But at the end of Oathbringer, he turned the tide and and like. That was it. Like, and, you know, everything he tried to do with Kaladin didn't work, and Kaladin just rose stronger from it. And it's like, you know, this he's not really that formidable of an opponent, and now he's got a new lease. What do you think of Vangion as Odium, though? Like, did you like that? Like, because I was, once again, getting fooled. Like, I pretty much thought Vangion was done yeah. when coming into this book, and I was really sad because... I I thought his chapters were so interesting when we were first introduced to the mm-hmm. um what does he call it the the, the diagram the project diagram. No. I thought like what a cool uh, like thing what a cool idea of somebody who's like smarter mm-hmm. or dumber on different days like like it was super fascinating. I really loved every chapter we got of his. And so I was really sad thinking that he was kind of coming to the end after he had been revealed and was basically awaiting execution. But now to have him set up as a as the arch villain, like what a what a what a surprising turn. Uh, what did you think of it?
0: Well, maybe you're right. And the more and more we talk, the more and more I wonder how much I dislike the idea of like rooting for Taravangian one day. Like I don't. I agree with you. I think that like the two most complex characters in the series, in my opinion, have been Taravangian and I think Wit. And Terevangian, like, we know a lot about. Like, part of his complexity is we know... they've So much has been revealed to us, and he's still very complex. Whereas Wit, I think yeah. a lot of his complexity is, like, mystery. And, like, us seeing him in Warbreaker right. and other areas where we're like, man, who who is this person? Like, if we're, like, 7,000 pages in this series, and we finally learned his real name. Because he has, like, three up to this point, you know? Um, but, like... Yeah, I don't... I don't know if I was... I, I didn't mind Terevangian if he died in this <laughs> book. I honestly, like... I'd kind of gotten sick of him i don't i definitely am not a utilitarian and, and it honestly like sometimes like that pisses me off like the utilitarian viewpoint like i don't and that's why i would never make like a good general or a good president you know what i mean like i'm not the guy you want having I mean, to decide like do we save the one life or the thousand lives because like it would like kill me to take to decide for the thousand lives versus the one um
1: so, so you're a cap yeah. guy not a iron man guy
0: See, and I feel like even that's a weird dichotomy because I was trying to think of that because like I think really? an Iron Man guy is like a nobody dies, right? Like he wasn't even willing to sacrifice himself, you know? Like Cap, I think feel like Cap is more of like even though he says no man left behind, he's willing to kill himself to like save other people. You know what I mean? Like he'll still take a loss, um, and I don't know, he's a soldier. Um,
1: yeah, but I think <clears throat> I think Cap Cap definitely uh, embodies the the, the more, more yeah. of the you know the anti-utilitarian. And yeah, I don't know I think, if Kant, Kant is generally set up as diametrically opposed. Yeah. I don't know. That's how
0: I learned that, it. I don't know if that's actually yeah. It, it's it, had a deeper study, if that's the true yeah. opposition. But, uh, um, yeah, I think I really do. I agree with you about Odium too. I think like, I do think I forget where it was in the book, but they really, someone was talking about how like unhinged race had become. And just, yeah. I think that's why he, that's why he got all those L's was, I think that like he, he was consumed by the passion. Like he was passion. Like he like the shard was pa- odium was passion, but race allowed the shard to consume him. And I think like he wasn't. I think that's like I don't know. Yeah. There's he a loved.
1: very important, <clears throat> I think, epigraph. Uh, one of the little like, were they epi- epigraphs like the epigraphs or whatever. is like...
0: at the end. Were they like the instrument- no, oh.
1: the little things at the beginning of each chapter?
0: Oh, like the headers, like the little like title yeah. headers or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um there's one, one of the chapters is a letter between wit and harmony and they're talking about, and I think it becomes very relevant at the end, how that idea of the shard and the person and that the shard changes the person that like you become like influenced by it, and hmm. like that's kind of what happened to Ray's right. Like over this long period of time, like the the shard kind of cor- like you can say corrupted or just kind of unhinged him. Like yeah. really
0: consumed him, made I him think, yeah. consumed
1: him in a in a very in a very real way. And so having a fresh host in there that is can wield it a little bit better, I think is um, like it. It seems to me like the shards basically exist to exert their purpose. Hmm. Right. That like, and so like the, the more in control you are, the more you can take more of a long-term view of like, like let's take someone like cultivation. Like if you're, if you're, if you have a desire to cultivate, like you could maybe if you're more in control, say, Hey, maybe not cultivating now can lead to more cultivation later. Whereas the more you're consumed by the shard, the more you're like cultivate, cultivate, like, Regardless of future scene. Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of the impression I've gotten with some of the other stuff. Yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. I'm super excited, obviously, for book five. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a while. He won't even start working on it until
0: next year. So
1: we're a ways out. But, Is... you know, hats off to him for kicking these books out.
0: Yeah.
1: And also to for... He he wrote a blog at the I think it was the beginning of last year Basically saying how he was kind of cutting off Almost all of his other projects Non-Cosmere related projects um, Because he was worried about Being able to finish all the stories He wanted to tell in his lifetime And so the things that weren't Cosmere related He felt like he had to Kind of push to the side And really focus on making every book he wrote Part of his Cosmere storyline hmm. And I think like that's real self awareness, and really, a service to the people who want who want the full picture, yeah. who want all the stories. So, um,
0: yeah, it's sacrificial in a way. Yeah, I'd like to come back to that. your the theory you read about wit because that gives me some hope. Yeah. Um, and I, like, what's interesting to me is like a parallel that I could see like in another story would be um, whether you believe it or not is the in the biblical in the Bible the idea of like Jesus Christ. And the idea that, like, in the telling of the Bible, how Jesus dies, which in yeah. that story is the victory for Satan, but in the end, that was all part of the plan. Jesus comes back to life, and and in fact, his death was a victory. It'd be interesting if somehow Wit passed something along purposefully and actually injured himself purposely, knowing he'd be injured, and yet knowing that maybe the memory he passed or something about the breaths would affect teravangian or odium in a way that would right change them i don't know that is that is super interesting um yeah
1: um I, I wish i could find it i like i just read it randomly on well
0: if you do uh, find it read it i'll you'll try send, to find you'll send me it a link at least um
1: yeah and i'll try to if i do i'll, I'll <laughs> see if we can edit it too into the into the YouTube comments. Yeah, so anybody who's, it, who's watching could, could read it for themselves. It was well put together. I wish I could remember all the salient points. There's basically, there's a lot of like, if you read very carefully about like the way he says things and you know, those end chapters with wit are always a little bit like third wall or like fourth wall, mm-hmm. you know, like I think in one of them, he's talking <laughs> about how, about expectations and things like, like they can always kind of be read as almost like a uh, kind of nudge, nudge to like the reader from the author in a way Um you can like all, all of those, each of the first three books were like that. And so the fourth one, it's talks about, it's talking about sleight of hand. It's talking about misdirection. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's stuff in there where you read that. And if you like, keep that in mind, <laughs> You're like, what am I not seeing here? What's He's what's playing to an presented? audience. He's
0: playing to yeah. an unseen... Because he's saying he's playing to an unseen audience as he's walking to this throne room to encounter right. something. Like, I yes. had, I didn't frame it that way, but then again, there was other stuff, like I said. Right. Practical stuff, I just missed, like the fact that, like, you know, the pitch and that kind of stuff related to the breaths. I, just related to I, the breaths, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, well, I
1: think we're getting close on time here. Do you want... Is there anything else you want to... Discuss while while we have a, a couple more minutes. Yeah, I think one thing
0: to be worth. I mean, there's so much to discuss. I mean, I think we haven't yeah, the, we haven't talked about we haven't, talked about we haven't talked about Don Shard, but I think really what I would like oh, to yeah. do is maybe we don't talk about Don Shard. I think we since we've talked about rhythm of war so much, maybe we just hit on some high maybe some favorite moments of the book, like things that popped out to yeah. us or, or things that really affected us, maybe that we really in our mind we still we still kind of resonate with.
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> when I when I I guess. I kind of felt like I predicted mm. the Adolin Shalen outcome hmm. pretty well. Um, I thought that was interesting. And, um, there was a tie at the end of that to a which was cool. So if you haven't read a I know you haven't Chai, but for our readers, i um, you know, it's just a single book at the moment. It's not that long, hmm. but I found it to be really good. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And, um, and it's definitely got some things that are tying in a little bit already. So uh, definitely, I think worth worth a read if you just want a one-off. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I. What I liked the most about book four was all it was. It felt really much like a setup book hmm. in a lot of ways. It was more. It was starting to <clears throat> bring the more Cosmere stuff together. The bigger picture of. That, you know, where Odium's kind of like, you know, listen, like everything I'm doing here is really just to get ready for the real foe. That isn't even you people like you. People are just, you know, yeah. kind of distracting me more than anything. I'm trying to get ready for the real fight. And so he started to lay the groundwork for what obviously is going to be the larger narrative that that's bigger than just what's happening on the on Roshar. Um, and so I liked that. That is we're kind of getting into the big picture stuff. Yeah. Um, I liked that we got a little bit more into some of the heralds as well. I liked that we got the um you know, the showdown with Ishii finally and and some of that stuff. But overall, like I didn't like it it wasn't as exciting a book to me, I think, mm-hmm. as Oathbringer was. Like, it was good. Um but like the different parts of it, like, I mean, the Calvin, like you said, the Calvin stuff was kind of sad and kind of slow and like important, right. Important for him to work through important for his character development. And like, I guess that's how I feel about this book. Like it wasn't that exciting and it wasn't that like, there weren't a lot of parts that I loved or that I like, I really um, can think back of and be like, Oh, I love this part, but I feel like it was all important Mm -hmm. and, and I wouldn't, want to take that away. Like sometimes you need that slower pace to like ramp up for what I imagine is going to be a pretty crazy book five. Like I have to feel like book five is going to be pretty out of control. The one thing I did that made me really sad uh, on a personal note was how like, so if you remember, we get a little bit of a viewpoint from Jasnah where her and wit have kind of get into a relationship And Wit just kinda like wants to have like more of a physical relationship and she's just like not interested. She's just like she's like asexual basically. Like no. no I don't think so.
0: I don't think that's right. I that's not how I read it. I read it that she was more turned on by intellect and she was more turned like so it's not that she was never not turned on by anything, but it was like I thought she specifically like she was wording in a way that like it wasn't looks to her, it was like conversation Hmm. that, that she did have a sex drive, but it was like a different like That's not how I read it at all. All right, well, I re- I, re- I re- compare I, notes. Well, it'll be interesting. Time. Yeah,
1: I will certainly look carefully, more carefully yeah. on a second reread. But yeah. I got the feeling that she just wasn't into like romance and love and things like that. That it was like, like not that she's well, not interested in intellectual co- connection, but that like she didn't really feel like she had time for a like a yeah. romantic relationship and or any interest in it. And that made me sad because Jez has always been like my favorite female in the series and like the girl who like, were I on Roshar as a, as a guy like would be the one I'd be most interested in. So, uh, sad to hear, hard to hear that. Hard to hear that, you know, Yeah. but, um, well, that, that was my personal note.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I, I had a lot more parts of the book I liked. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it was hard to read, but I think the things that come to mind specifically, and I know we're, we're getting short on time, but, uh, I really liked The background on the listeners. I liked I really liked Venley's stuff and like the flashback sections where it would talk about like really like kinda dug in more about her journey to like where they ended up and like her first experience with um Early or no. What was what's the the Void Bringer, the first Void Bringer spread that she met?
1: Uh, Um I forget, but I know you
0: something. I know his name starts with a U, but like Mm. Like how she was tricked by him, and then like, and then even like her relationship with Eshinai and the mother, and like, just I don't know. I liked it flushing that out. I thought it like gave a cool background and setting that up well. Um, my two favorite moments of the book, one they both involve Kaladin. Um and one involves Cal- wit. Yeah. And I think like I don't know if Sanderson would agree with this, but I feel like wit is like his indulgence. I feel like Sanderson, you like his guilty pleasure. Kind of, I think Sanderson's yeah. like, you talk about sophisticated and complex Sanderson. I agree with that. But like, I feel like wit is like his like plot device that like when he wants to like, especially with Kaladin, specifically with Kaladin, he's like, how it needs a, a push or he needs encouragement. Oh, put wit here. Like doesn't have to explain it. Doesn't whatever. Wit will show up and tell a story. And there's that scene when in all the nightmares and he's just like, he's, he's getting destroyed. Right. And, and like, and all of a sudden the wit shows up and there's, like, this bubble of light. And, like, and Wit says, he's like, this isn't fa- fair fight. Like, it's like he's looking at Odium of this, ma- yeah. of this massive strength beating down on this radiant, but, like, a fledgling radiant and saying, like this isn't fair at all and he like decides to step in and intervene and like that exchange like i got teary-eyed like because i like i was on this i was i wasn't feeling that great and like i've been reading this book and it's been wearing on me Kaladin's story and just like seeing this kind of like warmth and like just their exchange in that moment like because caladin's like did you did you come with a story and like wit stops he's like and comes like did i say something right it's like well no one's ever asked me to tell a story before and then yeah. do you remember the story he tells like, cause he's like, I'll tell you a story, but it doesn't have a meaning. And he tells a story and then Cal, I get to the end and Kaladin's like, that's it. And he's like, well, I told you there was no meaning, but obviously like, cause it ended not, do you remember? I don't- I'm trying to remember what the story uh, was. It I'll didn't have to
1: end- reread it. I don't remember. I, I remember this. I remember him telling that story. Yeah. yeah
0: it didn't end but- particularly hopeful. And I think that's Kaladin is like frustrated. <laughs> like what, like how, what, what kind of story is that to tell? He's like, well, I just told you like, um, but so that part really liked And obviously I think the, the, the obvious, crescendo scene of the book I would say was when he swears his fourth ideal and there's yeah, that scene where he's jumping off the tower following his father and Dalinar like pushes through and basically and I, I thought that was just great and it was like you know it's that moment where it was like I didn't know if the book was going to end with Kaladin in this like state and I was like that's going to be really hard for the next like three years right. to end like that I mean it's already be hard enough with Wit and Taravanghi and trying to figure out what happened with that but like I'm like yeah. three years of Kaladin's Kal- being like on the edge of like defeat and darkness and so that i just loved that scene how they spelled it out then him coming back and just like that kind of like still coming back it was just like that breath of fresh air of him like of him and then like his exchange with his father where like you know that's been a big thing since book one it's like they kind of butt heads and they have these like different viewpoints his father's like you know i will, will only heal never hurt and even like even give in to you know evil potentially or oppression to like continue like helping like and and being like well sometimes you have to fight to do good or to heal and then just kind of at the end realizing well we can kind of agree to disagree to a certain extent but we can still love each other as as family um right yeah so those were just scenes that stuck out
1: you know i mean i think (laughs) what i love the most about all of sanderson's writings is that like i've not yet been disappointed with an ending to a book I've read of his um, honestly um, and like that's hard to do I think endings can be really hard to stick right. and can really can really make it you know like, like there's a lot of great stories that don't always have the best ending and you're just like you know like you want that ending to really pop and his almost they always do like they're all really good like i like i always walk away feeling really good about it and you know that's something i noticed about Islington's james islington's uh that i referenced before that like canis trilogy was like that like every time i got to the end of a book i was always just like oh, oh my god now i need to read the next one because like he like his last chapter always just like hits you in the face <laughs> with something um and like that that's something that i feel like that Sanderson does really well too and i i really appreciate that because nothing can ruin a great story like uh like a a fizzled out ending. i I don't see you don't see it as much in books, but I think of like some shows. Mm. like obviously, I, I haven't seen it, but I you know, people were very unhappy with the way Game of Thrones ended, you know, lost, I think uh, again, one that I never saw, but a lot of people were very disappointed with. Yeah. Um, I think people have said that about the wasteland, the the gunslinger books from Stephen mm. King. I really liked how it ended. Actually, um, I thought it ended fantastically, but a lot of people did not like it. And like, it can be, it can be hard to live up sometimes to when you've written so much and you've gotten so invested in these characters. Like, I, I feel like I trust Sanderson hmm. to to really give me the the endings to these series and these books that I want. And that's why, like, more than anything, I do just want him to like. Like take like I want the whole picture. Like take us through. Like I want to get to get to the second series. Get (laughs) like bring it all together. Give us like the Avengers equivalent of everybody coming together, where we got Mistborn people and Stormlight people and Warbringer people. Like I just I think that'd be awesome. So
0: well, I think and if I maybe like one one last thing in an episode of one last things, but uh, I I had a thought that I wanted to talk to you about about just what is so good about the Stormlight Archive and maybe even just like all of Sanderson's series to a certain extent and like something that I haven't read a lot you've read a lot more fantasy than me so maybe you can set me right here but like like the main series I've read are probably Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings then of like as far as fantasy goes and and I, I don't feel like either one of them you would really classify as, like, mystery, like, series to a certain extent. Like, Game of Thrones, there was, like, intrigue, but it wasn't like you were, like, discovering stuff. And Lord of the Rings, I would definitely say that, like, there was a lot of lore in, in, in Lord of the Rings, but they were on a journey. Like, it was more of, like, yeah. an experience. But I feel like... Absolutely with Mistborn I mean I think Stormlight Archives probably really the standout but I think Warbreaker you saw this as well I think Sanderson is almost like a mystery writer like who like is like at his core like a mystery writer but then he like puts it in fantasy trappings or like sci-fi yeah. trappings and like that is what I think is so compelling about specifically the Stormlight Archive is like we've been unraveling this yeah. like history that like from art, we don't know the whole picture. Like you're saying. and like, and I think that's why, like every book is special and every reveal is special because it's like another like just like clue. and yeah, and and I don't like I think that's so cool. Um I think that, and I just wonder how unique that is, though. Like, part of me is like, is that actually not as unique as I'm making it out to be like in the fantasy genre? Or, so, uh... some
1: of the best <laughs> ones I've read have been like like All what right. what I first think of when I think about that is Harry Potter actually
0: oh, the, yeah. like that's a good point.
1: especially within each book. Like, as I as I've uh, my wife and I are actually rereading the Harry Potter series together now um, because I like to reread Harry Potter like once every year or two because it's that good
0: yeah.
1: um, it's so good and like one of the things that's great about it is like if there's one book that I wish I could like have my memory completely wiped of and reread again like not knowing what will happen it's Harry Potter because JK Rowling, Seeds so many things in her books and like they are they're very they're mysteries each one is a mystery novel you don't think of it that way and like there's so many clues along the way where maybe you can't figure out every last detail but like she really gives you an opportunity to get a really good idea of what's gonna like what's really going on if you if you read carefully and like when you reread it it becomes super obvious like you read things you're like oh my god like how did I not catch this the first time through? Like here's look, look at this, look at this, look at this. Like it's all there. And like you like to hide it in plain sight like that and not Mm -hmm. have it just pop out obviously Mm -hmm. to you, I think is, is really cool. So that's what I think of. Um, I also say just as a tease, if that's something you like about Sanderson stuff, I think you'll really enjoy Mistborn era Two because Mm -hmm. it kind of, I feel like goes a little bit more Mm -hmm. in on that um like you know like that kind of like trying to figure out what's going on and and that that mystery thing more on a local level so i think i think you'll you will enjoy that even maybe more than i did can i
0: ask you a yes or no spoiler question like all i need is a yes or no you don't need to go more in depth but is thydekar introduced the name or the person in the second Misborn series uh i don't think so all right i mean so like not th- obvious not obviously yes like not, it's not like I can't oh remember now. Car is related to this world all right because i no, feel like that's I, one of the biggest question we still i have right now is like who the f is the static car person that like everyone's talking about at this point but...
1: i thought i might know but then i was then i'm like oh maybe i'm not right Gotcha. Um, right. i think again the the real like if there's two really critical things left on your radar for Cosmere that'll like really be the most Cosmere relevant, obviously Mistborn Era 2, but also Mistborn Secret History, which yeah. is in the, like that, that one is, that one is critical. That, that oh, yeah. one is, that one is pretty crazy. That one gives you some, some insights, but, um, you know, to answer your other question, like what, I, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Like he set that scene at the very beginning of the first book the heralds turning in their swords say we can't do this anymore we're at we're at like that painted a picture that you wanted to know more yeah. about and we've learned a lot about it like we've learned almost all of it really mm-hmm. but like there's still more there like it's part of something bigger that mm-hmm. i think really hooks people in and like it's cool to get more of that that bigger picture thing as you're going through these smaller local stories but i think it really like all fantasy the best stories like you've got stuff that's like lord of the rings that's more like you said about a journey or an experience but the books that i've liked the most have been about have characters that like you care about Mm. like you said and i think that's i always here's the other question i wanted to ask you because it's very relevant here so like the first book (laughs) you had three viewpoint characters you had kaladin you had dalinar and you had shalin um I think maybe, you know, you had a one or two from, like, Wit here or there. Maybe an, a quick Adeline. Adeline, I yeah, think. would be the, like... But, like, those were, we're the, have... those
0: were the three big Yeah. storylines, right? Probably for the first two books, kind of, right? Or were you going to yeah. expand, yeah? Who Who's your favorite of the three? Kaladin?
1: Like, to read. Like, which chapter were you most excited to read when you, like, when you like turn a page... in War
0: or, like, in... No, no, in, no, in, in, the, in the, the very in, first in, book. In the very first book. So, like, trying to, like, put myself back in that in yes. that first the first read-through yes probably Kaladin. the first read-through Kaladin. Like, yeah
1: when, for me like it was one of those things that like it reminded me again of a of a harry potter moment where like they ask where like they're the rod harry and hermione are talking about the three hollows the hmm. three Destiny hollows and then Hermione's like well it's obvious which one you would want and they all give a different answer and i was listening, remember i was listening to that podcast the legendarium where they were where they were watching or they were talking about this. And they and he, the host of that asked his his uh, co-host, you know, who's your favorite to read? And I was sure they were all going to say Kaladin. Because to me, it's like Kaladin's part is so compelling. It's so good. Like, he's the one who's turning – you're turning the page to find yeah. out. But they did. Like, they all gave a different answer. And I think that really shows – because I do like all three that, like yeah. – the characters are just compelling. You care about them. You're interested in them. You want to find out what happens to them. And that's like to your point why it can be hard to read. And you're worried about what's going to happen. I'm worried. I'm because, worried about them. I'm you know? worried about them. Like at some point, one of the good major characters is going to die. Like
0: I don't know. It's going to happen. And and the question gonna is, gonna if if like if Dalinar turns, is that like is that a death? For instance, yeah. You know I mean, like yeah, great, I don't know, great man. Point. I. That's like hard for me. Like I was thinking, like I don't know, Smiley. Like I've invested a lot, obviously, in the series. You know that. But like, if, <laughs> yeah. if, if Cal, I don't know. We'll see. If Caladin dies or something happens irrevocably that I'm not excited about, it'll, it's gonna be. It'll very really be keep, interesting. Be hard and to keep reading potentially. Um,
1: it's it's but. interesting because if that if something like that happens, I would think it might be book. Like we don't know what kind of ending Caladin's gonna have, but I think his he's been a. Basically, the main character I would say him and Dalinar have been the main characters of of the first five books. Shallan as well, of course, right? Like they're the they're they're the three throughputs yes. I would say. And so, like, if there's a time break and it's going to shift to some other characters in the second half, like I have to feel like this is Kaladin's book. Him and he and Shallan. Like I I wonder how much they will be involved going forward. And we'll see. We'll, i mean we'll see but like it's i think it's possible one or both of them could kind of have a a soft ending if you will um and whether that's you know a death or a retirement or a a, a going off to live happily for once like yeah. putting the spear down i mean who knows but um i think book 5 is going to be I think there's going to be some finality there. Like he can't continue to just open, open, open. Like he has to cut off some branches to focus on different sets of the story. And I think Kaladin is probably one of those. All
0: right, one last question. Um, Well, on for me is Renarin, because I feel like you talk about character. We talk about characters like they're coming maybe to a jump, like to uh, to something. Like the the end of the next book has to be some kind of major shift. Renarin. while he's never played a major role at all in this book, it was implied that he is a major chink, potentially in odium's ability and now Tara ability. Um, and maybe that ties into how Dalinar, the face off of Dalinar resolves, you know, like I feel like that's still a big unanswered question. And, and Renar in, in my mind, isn't a character I see going to the second arc. He's just never been a major character, but it feels oh, like he's dead. Gonna... Oh, all right. Wait, so you don't think he's going to the
1: second arc? I I, don't, I disagree. I just, oh man, I don't
0: know. I, I feel like
1: he, I I I would say he's one I really hope does. I'd no. love to get more from him. I'd love to get like a like a like a chapter where like you know how like we have like the flashbacks from different mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. Like I'd love to have one from him, like to like really get into like he's a very interesting character to me, and I
0: I hope we get to see more of. Him. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say I'm not hoping to see more, but I guess I just with he how hoping. little he's developed him, I just feel like. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. See that those are the
1: characters I think were more. We'll likely make it. To see more <laughs> all, right, all right, like The ones that we've spent the most time of, it's like we've already had five books of Shallan and Kaladin. Um, and I like, think we're approaching I, I, it two
0: different viewpoints too. I keep thinking it's yeah. going to be a bigger time gap. So it, besides oh, those people yeah. who have like immortality or some ability to transcend that time gap, in my mind, everybody else is just going to fade away potentially. Um, see, I, I, but, I have, I'm not sure.
1: We'll see. I, I don't yeah. think it's been. I don't think he's ever no, said. No, I don't think it's But I, I don't think it's going to be that long. Uh-huh. I think it's going to be, um, you know, like... I think it's going to be, like, 20 years or something, is my guess. 10, 20 years, something like that. Gotcha. Um, So, we'll see. All
0: right. All
1: right, well, uh, it's been good. It's been fun. I think it's... uh, it, This has uh, been an out-of-focus podcast, so we do miss Van on these. But, um, you know, sometimes, you know, two of us have something... That we can talk about that the other, you know, I'm a fan, hasn't read any of the Stormlight series. I don't know that he has any plans to, so not having, you know, much to say here, it would kind of be a boring podcast for him. So it gives us an opportunity to. Talk about something that we wouldn't otherwise on the main pod. Um, so, if, But you can still reach us in the same place if you have any uh, questions, comments, if you want to talk, uh, if, you know, if you have questions for us about Stormlight, uh, either our opinions or, or things like that, uh, let us know on Twitter at Focus Target. YouTube page is Focus Target Podcast. All of our previous episodes, both the normal podcast and the out of focus, uh, are, will be loaded up there. Um, we have an email, Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are streaming on Twitch TV dot uh, twitch.tv slash focus target podcast um and so that is where you can find us so um thank you all for joining us for an out of focus target podcast shy thanks for being here thank and, you uh, i guess we'll see you next time yeah see what's the say? what am i supposed we to say we were gonna mix it
0: were... up or we? we were gonna be like and as never like i don't know <laughs> journey before uh-huh. destination or
1: Oh, for destination. Yeah, I, I thought there was something. There was something I had said one time at the end of one of these pods um, that you guys said I should keep doing and I forgot. I was like, oh, until we see you, we'll until see you next or
0: episode. Or yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I would, Whatever.
0: Peace. We're out. All right.